Art of the Kickstart, episode 83. Welcome to the theartofthekickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating and creating the products of the future, and backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. If you're looking to get fulfillment for your next crowdfunding campaign, make sure you talk to eFulfillmentService.com, the company that Art of the Kickstart recommends for any crowdfunders out there. Guys, launching a Kickstarter campaign isn't exactly easy. That's why the majority of Kickstarters fail, despite how hard editors work. I put together a free six-step email mini course to try to eradicate this evil issue and help inventors and entrepreneurs everywhere. If you guys go to artofthekickstart.com slash checklist, you can get the new and improved six-step guide that's going to walk you step-by-step through making your Kickstarter, your crowdfunding campaign happen. Check it out, artofthekickstart.com slash checklist, and make your crowdfunding dreams happen. Guys, welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today, we've got an epic interview planned for you guys. We've got brothers Ismail and Isaac Degani on the line from Snapjet, staring an absolutely amazing story. Thanks to David, a personal friend who hooked us up. We had these guys on the crowdfunding case study show. Now we've got them here to do an interview. I'm excited. Thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us. So brothers, that's awesome. You guys are founders. I want to jump into that in a sec. But first, we always kick off with a life quote, a success quote. What do you guys live by? Let's get one from each of you. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I guess uh, like one thing is do as much as you can yourself before you you look for help. Try to learn as much as you possibly can. Yeah, I think I would echo that. I mean, it's very much like the DIY uh, maker ethic of, uh, you know, just going it yourself and then reaching out when you've hit a wall. I was going to comment the same exact thing. And we got connected through another DIY maker, David. He, uh, I want to give him props before we jump into this interview. He said you guys have been crushing it, and clearly you have. 15 days left, 132,000 raised. But let's go back to the beginning. Where did you guys start this crazy journey? You said it's been like a year. Uh, yeah, just about a year. We uh, we came up with the idea when we were road tripping out here. I moved from, I had just graduated. And so I was moving from New York out to California to meet my brother. And we were just talking about, you know, things that we wanted how cool our cell phones were and how there was no printer that really, you know, worked well with our cell phones. So we came up with Snapchat. See, most people just whine and complain about that stuff and don't do anything. What made (laughs) you guys actually get into this, actually create a product to solve the issue? Yeah, well, a lot of it was um, just the luck that we developed something that actually worked. So (laughs) I think that has a lot to do with it. We were just tinkering around and thinking about it and something just clicked. And so we we figured we had to kind of Go for it. Go for it all the way. So you guys, luck. Okay, first of all, I'm guessing luck was not what actually led to this. I'm guessing it was a ton of hard work. When did you guys decide to commit to this? You're working on this product. You're working on a project. When does it become something that's like, we have to do this? It's time to go full time or go balls to the wall. Well, I think we did a few experiments. I mean, we just, it was very, very low key. It was kind of like, you know, just a a project that we were working on for fun. And we did some initial experiments actually in my bathroom where we would have a Polaroid photo and we would have a phone and we would try to get, you know, the image from the phone onto the photo. And we just kind of on a hunch tried a few different things. And probably within, I would say, about a couple of weeks or maybe about a month or so afterwards, we actually got something that showed promise. And that's when I said, hey, we, this should be something that we do 
you know, half time. And then so I was working on another, you know, I'm a machine learning software guy. So I was working on a different website at the time. So I kind of split my time half and half. And then this thing just kept getting more and more promising. We kept getting better images, better quality. Soon it started surpassing, you know, production, you know, manufactured printers out there. And um, then we, that's probably when we decided that, hey, this is something that's new, that's never been done before. And, you know, we've developed it. We, we invented it. So we, we just kind of had, we couldn't resist at that point. We just had to do it. So here's the question. You guys are brothers. Whose idea was it? Uh, it was really both of ours. We were talking about it, like, yeah, I wouldn't say it was, it was one of our ideas. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of developed it in a conversation. We had gone through several different possibilities for how the, such a printer could work. We talked about several different ways. You know, there's there's a lot of technologies out there that you could make a printer from. Z-Ink, Polaroid, Inkjet, LaserJet, there's all kinds of different options. And so, you know, we just slowly narrowed down and then and just kind of both together thought it up. Oh, come on. You guys are brothers. There's got to be some fights. What's it like building a business as a family? I know it's always an interesting dynamic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is like me, sort of, I kind of have to adjust to the fact that, you know, my little brother is not really my little brother anymore. I mean, we're kind of equals in, in this. And, and so that's been a little bit of a transition. <laughs> so that's probably one thing that uh, has been a learning experience. Yeah, that's for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like we work together pretty well. I mean, we have to, it's, when you're a small company, you kind of have to agree on everything. And we usually come to a conclusion, you know, on what direction to take and what kind of stuff to do with the prototyping or whatever it is that we're working on. Yeah, not, not to say that there aren't arguments and things like that, but, you know, I mean, you just keep the, I think we've, we've gotten good at kind of keeping the dialogue open if one of us gets, you know, irritated with the other person. And we've been like really good about just kind of talking it out. And so that's, that's been really important communication. Yeah, let's face it. You guys have the best situation ever. You're working with essentially your best friend, building a business that's absolutely crushing it. So you guys have been doing this. You're working on the research. When's it time to bring it to market? How do you figure that out and why crowdfunding? Well, I think there's a lot of ideas that we may think are great, but you know the market has a different idea. So I think crowdfunding is a great way to kind of, there's, there's no better market research than a crowdfunding campaign in a sense. So you know, you're not just asking somebody, hey, do you think this device is cool? You're literally judging whether or not they're willing to open their wallets and pledge for the creation of the device. So it's it's market research like no other. And I think, you know, once you have a prototype and a proof of concept, before you go all the way and start manufacturing it, um, I think crowdfunding is a great way to really test the market before you outlay, you know, all the capital necessary to manufacture something, especially with a physical product. Yeah, absolutely. This takes a ton of effort to get it manufactured. Speaking of physical products, where are you guys getting this built? Is this US? Is this something you build over on the East, what would you recommend to people? Walk us through how the manufacturing process works. Well, I mean, so far we've gotten quotes from U.S. companies on all our parts, and that's kind of what we uh, what we put on our Kickstarter. It's sort of the upper range of what we're looking at for our costs. In terms of where we're going to get them made eventually, I'm, I'm not sure we've totally decided yet. Yeah, I mean, we have we have Chinese manufacturers for things like springs and switches, off-the-shelf components. We have quotes from companies like DigiKey which do a lot of, um, you know, electronics components off the shelf. But, uh, you know, I think that was great for developing like an upper bound estimate. Things that are more custom, like injection molding and all that kind of stuff. We really have to sort of shop around to get the best price on those things. So we're not really 
we're kind of interested in keeping that as you know competitive as possible and going to the best place. And I think, you know, for example, our optical material can only be made in Portland. So <laughs> we're going to be making it in Portland. Components that are more generic that can be bought here or there, we're going to go for the most cost-effective uh, solution for to get the best value for our backers and for ourselves. What was your background in all of this? I know you said you did some machine learning software. I'm not sure what your brother did, but did either of you guys have a background in designing, creating, manufacturing products? How do you overcome these challenges of something completely new? Uh, yeah, so we, like my background is material science, which is kind of a mix of like chemistry, mechanical engineering, uh, physics, like a whole bunch of stuff, but nothing in terms of actually building things and manufacturing. And my brother was a uh, computer science. And so we, this is all pretty new to us. I think the way that we've gone about it so far is to just, you know, dive right in and start. It seems like that's the best way to gain experience and learn. So like when we started building our prototypes, we work in a co-working space called WorkLab CC in uh, Huntington Beach. And we came here and just started 3D printing things, laser cutting things, putting them together. We bought, you know, Arduinos and started wiring up the circuitry to get things to move. Yeah. And uh, for the manufacturing, we've been talking to a lot of people uh, that we work with that are experienced and just shopping around, getting quotes and ordering, you know, smaller things like springs, little plastic parts, motors, things that are easier to to deal with before we go into the big stuff like the induction molds and custom components. Yeah. And I think, you know, to get to the next level, like you're saying, you know, we started, like my brother was saying, with Arduino and off-the-shelf kind of components to get the mechanisms that we wanted. And then when we had hit our limits, our ceiling, we hired experts. So we hired on Elance, actually, we hired two experts. One uh, name is Mark Palmano. He's an electrical engineer with, you know, 25, 30 years of experience in the field bringing products to market. So he was really able to take our, you know, perf boarded, you know, wires everywhere, circuit boards and turn them into real, you know, designs that can be sent to a manufacturer. And the same thing is true of Les Orton, who is our mechanical engineer. He was able to take you know, laser cut designs and, you know, very crude 3D models and build something that's not only, um, you know, more efficient and more compact, but also something that's ready to be injection molded. And so those two experts really helped us to get to the final, you know, final point where we're able to, you know, actually manufacture this thing. Yeah, taking help when you need it is huge for inventors. I imagine part of the benefit is you guys are in a co-working space, a maker's space. Walk us through how that works. And do you think that's something that every inventor and entrepreneur needs to be a part of? Well, so our co-working space is kind of interesting because it's only it's only us and two other companies that work out of this space. So we have pretty much unhindered access to all the equipment all the time, which is amazing. I, I can't really speak to the quality of other working environments like this, maker spaces, but it was super helpful for us. The owner, Hisu Lee, is really knowledgeable and he, you know, gave us training courses on all the machines. Uh, it was the first time we ever used a laser cutter and that's been, you know, super fun and really useful. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely helpful. It's it's nice to, I think you need to have access to the machines for prototyping to, you know, make anything efficiently. Yeah, yeah and I think, stuff. you know, just having these other companies around, there's a another very successful Kickstarter company that works here. They've made um, 3D printers. They're called Castle Clear Printers. They're Blue Eagle Labs, and they work out of this space as well. And it's it's just been great, you know, just talking to them, bouncing ideas off of them. I would say, you know, for a single, if you're a single inventor or a very small group of inventors, it does really help to have, you know, people that are like-minded around you just to, you know, just to talk about ideas and, you know, maybe pivot if you need to or 
get a new idea about a design or a mechanism. And it's, and, you know, you also share equipment and, you know, if they have an extra, you know, something that you need, uh, you can kind of take advantage of that too. So it's, it's really nice. So you guys crushed your campaign. I did a case study because it was so well done. What did you do in terms of design aesthetic, in terms of your Kickstarter video to put together such an awesome experience? And how can other entrepreneurs learn from that? Right. So the video was, I think it was, we thought it out from the beginning with a particular structure. And I think that played a big role. So first, what we did was we said we wanted to have a lot of usages of the device. That was like one of the most important things that we did uh, was just like make compelling use cases. Uh, I think that's what most people that see the video say, like, you know, that was the that was the most interesting part. That was the part I really connected with. So, yeah. yeah, I think that was a really good. Thing yeah. So and then we narrowed down from there. So we thought the video is going to have four main parts. It's going to have usages. Then it's going to have, you know, creative things that you can do with the printer after the main usages. Then it's going to have a tech segment. And finally, it's going to have a uh, a Kickstarter pitch. So that was the essential four elements. And we really wanted to have it so that, you know, somebody that was watching maybe only the first 15 to 20 seconds would know exactly what the printer was. So we had, we, I, I had decided beforehand that the first 15 seconds has to be sufficient by itself without watching the rest of the movie. Because I mean, even I kind of, you know, I watched the first few, you know, maybe 30 seconds of the Kickstarter video, and then I kind of get it. And then I want to go somewhere else or, or either pledge the project or not. So I think we really focused on those aspects. So I would say if anybody's making their own video, really determine the structure first. And I think that structure is basically universal to most Kickstarters. You'll want to talk about the product and its usages, and then you'll want to dive into, you know, the story, how you either how you came up with it or what's involved in making it, and then a call to action, you know, to end it. Absolutely. Throw some testimonials in there too, guys, if you want to get some props. But I think yeah, you guys did a killer yeah, job actually, with that. We actually have a few which we'll, which we'll add as a, maybe separate videos at this point. But yeah, you guys, it's hard for me to question what you've done. You've done an amazing job. I want to jump into the launch round now. How's that sound, guys? Sure thing. Guys, before we jump into the launch round, we're going to take a quick time out to tell you about today's show sponsor, eFulfillmentService.com. Honestly, this is a great company to work with if you're crowdfunding or building an e-commerce company and you don't want to worry about fulfillment, shipping your products and rewards out to backers. That's one of the hardest things that Kickstarter campaigns have is getting those rewards out to backers on time. From manufacturing to shipping them out, it's a huge headache. Deal with eFulfillmentService.com, artofthekickstart.com, slash EFS to get the best deals ever. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid-fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. So my first question for you guys is, Imagine you never came up with a product. You've got to create a product, create a business. How do you brainstorm amazing business ideas to go forward with? Right. So I think you start with, um, I would start with products that are just doing phenomenal. They don't have to be, you know, physical products in, in particular, but just in any space, you identify what you're passionate about. For me, for example, it's about, you know, either wearables or 3D printers or drones or, or something that's both hot and you're passionate about. And just look for pain points that those products suffer from. Either you have one and you wish it would do X, Y, and Z, or you just wish, you know, there could be some combination of a few of a few products that are out there. I'd say that's where I would start. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, uh, I was here to try to fill a need. I think we sort of did that. We really wanted a printer, and so we made one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that simple? 
Yeah, you guys scratched your own itch, but you did it in a really successful way where other people wanted to get the product as well. And at right. this point, you guys are both inventors. You're both creators. Are there any inventors, entrepreneurs you looked up to growing up or even more recently as you've built your business that you would just love to sit down and have a chat with if you could pick one or two? Well, I had a professor at Cornell who was pretty awesome. He uh, he designed like flexible circuits like years and years before they were they were ready for the market, unfortunately. But he was he was super smart and he had a really interesting way of uh, solving problems. Yeah, I don't know about any famous ones. Do you have any that you can think of? Well, I mean, I think for me, probably I'm more uh, I look up to futurists probably more than just straight entrepreneurs. So I think Ray Kurzweil is one of my favorites. Just his vision for the future and his optimism is really exciting to me. And a lot of his his ideas are just really, really intriguing. So I would, I would definitely recommend anybody out there who's kind of interested in what you know the future of humanity might be <laughs> 20, 30, 40 years in the future to, to take a look at some of his writing. But uh, in terms of entrepreneurs, I think, you know, I mean, I think obviously Elon Musk is high up there. I think he's got yeah. a lot of really interesting ideas. And, you know, just the reason why he runs the companies that he does is really compelling to me. So you're a futurist. That leads us great into the next question. I want a bold <laughs> prediction, you guys. 10, 20 years down the road, what are some of the awesome products that are going to be popping out that we can't even imagine today? <laughs> well, 20 years, I think the brain, the human brain will be rivaled by circuitry in a very you know, profound way. And I, so I think that there's going to be some interesting competition between the human workforce and you know, a robot that has basically the same, almost the same level of capacity and productivity in certain very specific tasks. So I think that's going to be a huge thing. And I think the algorithms that go into specialization of those machines are going to drive costs down to like really, you know, for products and services down to just incredibly low levels. And that's going to be an interesting dynamic. That's my hmm. prediction. I think I'm looking forward to, uh, to augmented reality and virtual reality really exploding in the next few years. I think that's going to be pretty cool. Like we use a lot of CAD software to design things. And I can't wait for the day where I can just slip on like an Oculus Rift and touch my models and spin them around and, you know, blow them up and see them right in front of me. I think that'd be pretty cool. That would be straight up amazing. I did engineering as well, so it'd be so cool to see. And it is awesome seeing the future from people that are out there creating it. Now, last question of the launch round, business books, life books. What would you recommend to people out there? What have blown your mind or changed your world? We just recommended uh, patent it yourself to someone earlier today. That yeah. was super useful. Yeah, I think the GoPro founder, I first heard about this book because the GoPro founder was in a video, he was giving a talk and he was saying that it was the best book that has changed his life the most. And so, you know, when we had this idea, the book that came up was Patent It Yourself. And I think it's a good one for anybody to get. It's, you know, it just has a lot of great information about the process and it just walks you through it for the small time inventor in plain English. And you guys are do-it-yourselfers, which means it helps you avoid those evil lawyer costs that everyone absolutely hates. Let's jump back to you guys. <laughs> Back to the business. You guys are crushing it. 15 days left. What have you learned? What did you guys do to succeed so well on Kickstarter? And what would you recommend to other founders out there? Well, we, what we want to do after our campaign is really open source everything about the campaign itself, which is kind of interesting. We want to publish all the data about you know where we went for where we tried to get ad spots or where we tried who we tried to email for you know media attention, things like that. But you know, I think before the campaign, we just reached out ourselves to a lot of blogs. We just made a list in a spreadsheet of every blog that had some relevance or, you know, had some perhaps interest in what we were doing. 
and whose readers were aligned with what we were providing. So that was the main thing. We tried to schedule a lot of meetups. Tech in Motion is one of them. They're out in California. They do, you know, sort of like cocktail events where companies kind of come and present and show off their products. So I would definitely try to do a few of those. Email gathering is huge. MailChimp, I would definitely recommend. Anytime you go to an event, have an iPad there where people can put in their emails. Those emails are were really a huge factor in our campaign. And, you know, we the Kickstarter dashboard even tells us, you know, exactly how many. And it's a good percentage of our total sales is just straight up from that newsletter that we send out to emails. Yeah, I would say in terms of the like the numbers, we got the most sales from the blog write-ups. People were referred from the blogs. Uh, second was probably Facebook, just like advertising the page, the likes, our friends. And then uh, third would be the emails that we sent out to our friends and family. So those are the big three. Really? Not Kickstarter organic? You guys didn't hit the popular pages that hard? Oh, oh no. Actually, that's that's true. Yeah, you know what? Let's bring up the dashboard yeah. right here while we... Uh, yeah, I want to yeah, get so these stats when you guys unleash them. I'm excited to yeah, see so this. We'll, yeah, so we'll just break it down for you. So as of today, from our campaign, 56,824 pledged via Kickstarter. So we're basically, we're talking all about non-Kickstarter. We're, we're, we were sort of ordering okay. the non-Kickstarter okay. pledges. Right. right. So of the 132, I think it is right now, so 56 was from... Kickstarter and of this the the external referrers was seventy five, so roughly so you know like fifty seven percent external forty three percent from Kickstarter and of the non Kickstarter stuff it was the newsletter the Facebook in that order. I think those are huge strategies for people to people to hear. Get up to those meetups and build the email lists. Have a landing page somewhere where you grab emails. That's awesome. You guys have been awesome. I know you need to get running. I want one last piece of advice from both of you guys to inventors, entrepreneurs. If you had to leave listeners with one thing, what would you want to tell them that would change their day, their world, their business? I think one thing for me is you only have to be right once as an entrepreneur. You can be wrong as many times as as you care to try new things. But you really only have to be right once. And that's that kind of keeps me going a lot. It means, you know, it keeps me in the entrepreneurial spirit and drive and you just have to hit it once. And when you do, it's totally worth all the other failures that are behind you. You guys are clearly right at this point. You're going to be coming back to Kickstarter later? Maybe. Yeah. We're even thinking about another, uh, another Snapchat derivative that might be <laughs> for the next Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are requesting tweaks and changes to the device. It seems like, you know, if this one goes successfully, we'll be, we'll be back there. <laughs> it's awesome. You guys are taking over the world with the phones. I like it. And, of course, we've got the artificial intelligence guy here, so we may or may not be seeing Matrix pretty time soon. Thanks for coming on today, guys. It's been awesome having you on. Where's the best place for people to reach out to you? 15 days left. Hopefully, this will come out before your campaign ends. But where can people thank you, reach out to you, pre-order the product? Absolutely. Well, you can find us on Kickstarter, where you can you know, message us, update, you know, put a comment on the Kickstarter page. You can email us at info at snapjet.com. You know, that's, uh, we have a Twitter at Snapjet, Facebook, Facebook page. Yeah. yeah Facebook.com slash Snapjet. Any of those would be great. And even if you don't have a smartphone, you guys don't have a computer, you're not gaming for this. If you want to launch a Kickstarter campaign, check out their video. They did an amazing job. We talked about it. You can completely, I don't think they would have any problem with you stealing the format and making another awesome product. Thanks for coming on guys. You've been awesome. Thanks great. a lot. Thank you, Matt. And thanks, listener, for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the interview. 
Hey guys, I'm your host, Matt Ward, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Art of the Kickstart, where we believe inventors, innovators, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. If you like the ideas in this episode, or you're interested in learning more about crowdfunding and how to kill it with your own Kickstarter campaign, you can check out more at artofthekickstart.com. And if you've been listening to the show, love the episodes, but you're not subscribed, that's got to change. You can go to artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher and get the episodes delivered magically to your phone. And if you like the show, I would love you forever if you leave a review on iTunes. It helps more aspiring inventors and creators out there find the show and find the information they need to kill it on Kickstarter. Until next time, thanks for tuning in, guys, and have an absolutely 